looking at some of the communities that Savior.town has worked with recently, what's one that maybe stands out um, for some of the things that it's been able to accomplish, you know, several things in a, a very short period of time? I think that I really want to tell you about Columbiana, Ohio, because well, the initial visit when Deb visited that community was in 2019, we actually get updates from them all the time. So when this is a community, Columbiana, Ohio has about 6,000 people. And her initial visit was focused on three basic issues, which was one, they had a bunch of empty storefronts they wanted to fill. The second was they wanted to make their downtown area more entertainment focused so that there were more places to eat and drink and be entertained to give people reasons to be there. And they had a lot of antique stores that were kind of, once you have six antique stores. It's probably too many, but, and then their third area was they wanted to make more of the, of the three other areas in town where there were restaurant and retail opportunities together. So kind of little core areas that are spread out. Lots of towns have this where there's like, oh, out by the highway is this, and then there's downtown. And then there's this other area by the park. So in one year after that visit, all the downtown buildings were filled except one. And they ended up with more restaurants than antique stores. And they got the existing antique stores to, they worked with them to help in upgrade the experience there. So it was a little more inviting of a place. They turned their Firestone Park area into a vibrant shopping and eating area with all the stores filled. It was kind of described as this empty forlorn piece of land at the edge of town. And now it's a thriving place. They did kind of an informal incubator thing where they did free rent for a year in uh, buildings where they could get some inventors and innovators and entrepreneurs to try new things. One local woman was so excited by the progress that they were seeing. She donated $4 million to the park for perpetuity. And so wow. that that has turned it from the muddy hole in the ground to, and it's one block from downtown. So now it's a place where you can go and relax. You can take your shopping, you can take a meal and go sit. And it helps interact with their downtown in a really positive way. And so the interesting thing was Columbiana was then nominated by a citizen based on all that, ex all that progress that they made together. They were nominated as nicest place in Ohio, which is wonderful, right? And they won that. They won nicest place in Ohio. And then from that, they went into the national competition and were up for nicest place in America. And so that was judged by a panel and they won that based on the progress that they were making. And then one last little thing in terms of other people looking at the community and saying, did they make progress? Hallmark voted Columbiana the 19th nicest place to celebrate Christmas in America. So <laughs> this, is, this is kind of just like this change in people's attitudes based on, okay, we can take action on this. We can make changes. And that was a Deb Brown story. That was something that Deb went and did that visit, worked with them on those things, you know, take the park from a muddy hole in the ground to a place with six waterfalls. You know, that's the kind of change you can make when people decide they're going to work together. Instead of looking at what don't we have, they looked at what do we have. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times in the work that you and, and Deb do, the, the tour of empty buildings or the tour oh, yeah. of vacant spaces. Talk a little bit more about that. Just give, give people yeah. an idea of kind of what that is and what you're trying to accomplish in doing that. Yeah, Deb became our specialist in empty buildings because at, when she worked at Webster City, Iowa, she started that. So here's how, here's how the whole thing goes. Webster City, Iowa had about 8,000 people and they had this big factory that was one of those appliance manufacturing factories places. And it employed up to 2000 people at its very peak. But then they, it sold, it changed hands, it went from local ownership to large corporate ownership. And then they spent four years 
winding it down without saying anything and then announcing it. And then eventually it closed for good in 2011. So of course the town made these huge efforts to try to stop it, to try to recruit a replacement, to fill that space, to try to get the land away from that factory that they continue to hold on to. Everything just, it didn't work. And so the downtown emptied out because they had lost all these jobs. They lost all of their downtown businesses or a lot of downtown businesses. Um, And so in 2013, the Chamber of Commerce job had been open for a full year. There was It was empty. And so Deb drove in for this job interview for Chamber of Commerce director. And she's counting on her way. She's counting the empty buildings in the downtown. And there's 14 of them in a town of 8,000 people. Like, that's a lot of empty buildings. She said to me, I wasn't sure I should take this job. So I don't blame her, right? Like, that's a giant challenge. Um, she did take the job. And then in her first week on the job, the movie theater closed. Okay. So that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. And then, so she's at like her first executive committee meeting and one of her executive committee turns to her and says, how are you going to fill these empty buildings? And she said, here's what we are going to do to fill these empty buildings. We're going to show them off. We're going to make a tour. They did, they spent four weeks, four whole weeks from Deb saying that till they did it. And they put, they had 12 buildings participate in the tour. They got the local engineering firm, drew them up a map. They promoted it. It was kind of a take yourself. They had local real estate agents in the buildings to talk about the details. They had their older chamber volunteers came and told the history of the buildings. They had, you know, lists of like, here's what is possible in a building. They got 44 people to attend in person which was great, but that's not, you can't stop there. The local businesses then were like sending that list of buildings to people they knew other places and said, you should come. We're like moving forward. The teachers in the local high school and in a local university shared that list of buildings and talked about the project in their business classes. That's huge to talk to the kids about what the potential is. So by September of 2014, so that's like a year and a half, 12 of the buildings were filled or 10 of the 12 were filled, 10 of the 12 buildings were filled. And so they had new things. They had a, they recruited a plumber. And let me tell you, if you're in a small town, you know, that's a huge, huge thing. A health services business opened. They had three new restaurants. They got new retail, a new office space. And in a huge effort that we cannot go entirely into, they saved the theater. Now, I think the reason this worked is because Deb did not try to convince anyone of anything. You know, there was a guy who's like, oh, you can just, I'm not going to open my building, but you can list it on the tour and they can talk to the guy next door if they want to know anything about my building. His didn't fill because he didn't really participate, right? She didn't try to convince him. She just went on. The old guys at the coffee shop, Deb went down there and sat down with the guys drinking coffee at the coffee shop who were bad mouthing the idea. And she said, she turned to one of them and said, didn't you just tell me that your granddaughter is graduating from college? Don't you want her to move back here? And he's like, yeah. And she says, well, what about that office building that's coming up available? The old law office, like you could help her. And he's like, suddenly he's the the biggest, most interested person in this. He couldn't see a future for himself. She got him thinking about the kids and grandkids, right? So this approach of attracting people, starting a movement, this was idea friendly before there was an idea friendly of she was gathering her crowd. She was building connections between people. That's why the, the real estate agents were there. The older volunteers are there to connect with the past, all of this, and then taking small steps. Rather than waiting until we can recruit that one business that's going to employ 2,000 people again, they started with their own small steps. And over a period of three years, they actually brought their employment back up to what it was before the factory closed. Yeah, no, it's fantastic work that Deb did in Webster City, and I got to see it firsthand. And we worked together uh, for a couple of years uh, during her time there. I was working with the city and uh, trying to do uh, 
some of those things with, with some of the you know industrial space uh, that had that come available, as well as working with some of the existing businesses uh, in that community, the larger industrial businesses, because you know we had this workforce that was available. You know, once that company left, you've got these folks that are highly skilled. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know welders and uh, folks that have worked on electrical wiring and, and all of this. You know, they've done research and development and, and everything else. Very talented workforce. How do you get them into other things? You know, and one of the things, at least that I saw, and not only was it that some of them went on to say, hey, you know, I've been working for somebody else my entire life. Maybe I should work for myself. And, you know, it was it was an opportunity for them to work with, with folks like Deb and, you know, pursue that kind of entrepreneurial uh, endeavor of getting started with a business of their own in the community. But then I think we all realized after a period of time, there were a number of industries in the community that had kind of been, the growth had kind of been stunted or, mm-hmm. or they hadn't been able to really, you know, carry through maybe some of their visions for how big they could be because they never could recruit the workforce because they had that big behemoth in town that, you know, took up a majority of the skilled workers. And and so we yeah. saw a number of expansions in those facilities. So it was a really fun time. And, you know, the theater was was a rallying point for, for everybody. I mean, it was, obviously it's the most kind of visible marquee on a, on a main street in a community, you know, especially of 8,000. And, and, you know, what was done, uh, Deb working with the, with many very dedicated individuals in the community uh, to, to save and restore that was, was fantastic. I mean, they, they've unfortunately got some struggles right now because it was, there was a fire next door to that uh, theater here a couple of weeks back and damage uh, was done to the theater. But what you're seeing, at least when you see stuff on social media, is a very resilient community that right. they have built that infrastructure of people. They built that group right. of people. Building those connections, right? That yeah. helps you to be more resilient. Yeah, and that infrastructure is still there from, from those efforts. And yeah, the resiliency associated with that and you know the kind of responsiveness of the community to say, okay, well, this is our next challenge. Things, you know, we can get through this together. Uh, and so it, it's it's unfortunate that happened. It's also exciting though to see them all, all you know, coming together to to address those challenges. I want to build um, on something that you said about the workforce. Yeah. And so I know the kind of I remember the companies that Deb talked about that were several, one really large one in the agricultural manufacturing space. And I think that not only have they expanded since then. But I think it also comes back to the idea of regionalism, because a lot of the people who worked at the factory when it was in Webster City, the one that left, were driving in. They had a lot of commuters come in. And so you still have that regional workforce to draw from. And those other smaller groups were able to hire and grow, as you say, building on that regional workforce. And then there were a number of entrepreneurial stories that I know she shared with me. You know, one guy who had a lot of manufacturing skills started like a a fitness place. So like workouts and stuff, but he could work on his own equipment, like, and he could build, you know, a a rack for weights and stuff like that. So he used his own skills that he had built there to do a completely different thing. And so those people with skills enrich all of our, all of our businesses in our communities. And it's okay to look regionally and to think about how things interact even across distance. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, you know, I've always believed is that it's those small things, and we've talked about this a, a little bit, we've, and hopefully we can touch on it a little bit more, but the, it's often small things that really have big, significant changes. Any other examples that 
you want to share as far as some small changes that really kind of were the the, the seed for, you know, or the motivation for a more substantive transformation? So there's a great town called Colfax, Washington, and they had, I want to say there's probably about 2,500 people in Colfax. And I was there and did a visit. We did, we walked through the town and we talked about dividing buildings that there's a lot of really large buildings in Colfax that ha- that weren't being filled. And so as we walked around and we talked about this, we looked at several buildings from the outside. We didn't go in, but we talked about the concept of you can divide a building. So instead of waiting for that one large retailer who can fill, you know, 10,000 square feet, maybe we could cut this down and maybe we can find somebody that can fill a hundred square feet. But if we could find 10 of those, then we have the thing filled. So they actually did this. <laughs> they took that idea. They had a local business owner who actually was thinking about what he was going to do to move from the building he was already in, which was a single storefront. He owned a triple storefront building and they were looking at moving into that. And so he started redoing the building in chunks. So they read the first thing they did is they redid one storefront and made it a divided retail space. And so this was called, then they called it the Colfax Mercantile Store. They had space for eight to 10 vendors. Some people were just a, just a shelf. I just have a shelf. I make these things at home. Really cool. There's a commercial kitchen in that building. So they were able to do cookie baking So and a frozen yogurt place. So I'm telling you, cookie baking makes all the sales go up. But each vendor works a set number of hours a week to do the checkout counter. The Chamber of Commerce rented the office space at the back. And so it's this amazing little place full of cool stuff. The deal was that that kicked off a lot of activity. There was a lot of discussion around making that work. And they also were bringing those people back together. And so the person who owned the building, the triple building, was then working on remodeling that double storefront to move their, they were like, squashed they had a bunch of stuff beautiful shop really squashed into this single storefront so they were expanding into their double space and they made they were working on making that other building the old building into another shared space because they were finding there was enough demand for it they had a waiting list at the mercantile so this is this was going to work and then in the next year they had a new coffee roaster there was a plant store that opened up and then they opened the botany club. And so there's a branch office of a veterinarian that opened up and vet services are huge in small towns. It's a big need. So then there's lots of other stuff that, that happened that was really positive. And they also kicked off a whole bunch of art. They have right behind their downtown is a giant concrete drainage facility. It's a big ditch that's been concreted and it belongs to the Corps of Engineers. You'll never change it. But the, it had a, con- uh, a chain link fence across the top of it. And so then they just, de- they made a little, it's called the Stream of Dreams project where they cut out little fish outlines. Everybody in town painted these fish, all different designs, different people. Everybody got to participate. They hung them on the fence across the bridge that leads into the uh, residential area. So that's one little thing. And then they've got a bunch of new murals that opened up. And this was all stuff that we talked about while we were there. They've just done so many great things. They have a really active arts group and it's this life and activity. When you see that kind of stuff happening in the town, that's what leads a veterinarian to say, I can open a branch there or and uh, somebody to go, a plant store would go here. I can do it. And it's, so this is unleashing that energy that people already have, but they're spending it being frustrated. And so when you start saying, well, you can do that, then that triggers a lot of good things to start happening right away. Yeah, that's that's fantastic stuff. I mean, I've seen them, even those those simple things, you know, maybe they have a, a wider sidewalk and, and I call them bulb outs. In the more walkable downtown communities, you have these bulb outs that kind of wrap around the parking area and they, they shorten the distance, uh, you know, be, 
for you to cross the street. And it also so slows can, people down. It slows drivers yeah. down so that they slow down and, and make it easier for pedestrians. Yeah. But you go into some communities and you'll see a lot of those areas are pretty vacant themselves. Yes. And it's amazing as I've seen, you know, transformationally, as you get, you know, some of those empty spaces filled and you throw a couple of park benches down and you have them face each other, not like sit there like a bus stop where they're just watching cars, but face each other, you know, and you just do some simple stuff. It, it, they're not big money spends on, on infrastructure, but it creates an environment that, that is bringing people to a place or keeping people in a place in some essence. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, sometimes it's the sharing of those ideas amongst small communities that, that's really powerful.